Welcome to Anyway, I'll Drink to That, a Booze and Sam's production where we serve up tales in a tall glass, shaken, stirred, and delicious. Every drink has a story to tell, and I'm going to tell it. We like to have fun here. I drink, I tell a tale, and I hope that most of it is true. I'm your host, Sam, also known as Booze and Samta, preferring to go simply by Sam from Booze and Sam's. So saddle up with a good cocktail and give me a few minutes of your time for a mystery and a drink that changed the world. Before we get started, I'm your host, Sam, from Boots and Sam's. I spent decades selflessly researching some of the best drinks from all over the world, and I brought a few of my favorites back to America just for you. Take American Gluvine, for example. You may be wondering, what's Gluvine? And how can such a foreign-sounding word be American? Well, Glühwein's actually a German drink. But here's the thing. If you want to have it done right, it's got to be American. Glühwein comes from Germany. It's a Christmas thing. A mulling spice mix added to hot wine. But you know, here in America, we do it better. We add it to wine, yes. But also to whiskey or rum for hot toddies. Or a dozen other cocktails to create an infused orange, cinnamon, and spice delight. We even have it when surfing in California. Because that's how we roll, baby. And that's also why I like my Bavarian stuff made in America. It's just done right that way. You know, I don't run ads on this show. I do this because I enjoy history, alcohol, and spinning a good yarn now and again. And hope that you enjoy the stories I tell, too. All I ask in return is that if you like the tale I told, you share it. It's that simple. If you laughed, learned something, whatever, share the show. It's the best way that we can reach more people and continue to create content that you enjoy. Your support would mean the world to me. Thanks in advance. Now, on to your show. The temperature hovered around freezing, and Hans looked out at the water, which tumbled against the shore and left behind frozen ice peaks. He stole a glance once more. The waves were loud today. They thundered when they crashed into the icy shore. The wind was strong, and although he couldn't see the sun, its departure turned the world crimson and crawled into the darkening blue sky. Hans tucked his hands deeper into his pockets and hunched his shoulders against the incoming wind. He'd be there soon, and then it wouldn't matter. Unless he was late, that would not be tolerated. This was a fickle bunch. He thought back to this past summer, and when all of this had started, he was only 24. He blamed his innocence. But truth be told, it was curiosity, not innocence, that sent him 3,722 miles from home to a new home. It was here that he found a home far away from his home, among many who spoke his same language and were, coincidentally, from where he was from, which would not have been unusual except for the fact that he was from a small place, a country with only one postal code. So to find his people behind the counters of delis and retail markets throughout the bustling city was a bit odd, to say the least. What surprised him even more is finding the drinks so popular back home, right here. It was surreal for him in many ways, though he shouldn't have been surprised. When the industry dried up back home, many left and sought new opportunities to support their families. Their isolated community had little economic hope within its boundaries, and venturing out was a necessity, a survival tactic. His hometown had never been big, but during those summer months, it dwindled even more, as all those capable and of working age left to earn money. They didn't need a lot, but they needed enough to survive. 
No place is devoid of trade. A reality of life is that money equals survival. Money also paid for the delightful drink, served with equal parts of three distinct beverages that these foreigners love to drink. In fact, they loved it so much that in any given year, the one postal code country settles up to a very specific bar and drinks 70 gallons of this drink, which they have officially adopted as their national drink. Even that might not sound like a lot, but it's important to remember that Hans was one of less than 5,000 people in the city. That includes kids, adults, and the age population. Those 70 gallons a year are also from one bar. Times have changed a lot since the drink was first discovered. Hans knows this as he makes his way through the twilight streets of town. The biting cold bites harder as the sun sets further. He glances over his shoulder. Seeing no one, he continues on. It isn't too much further now, and he better hurry up. The meeting will start soon. It wasn't like anyone got invited either. This was a small group, a trusted group, having to meet a very specific criteria. The others would not tolerate a late arrival either. He'd pay for that. He pushed those thoughts out of his mind and quickened his pace. The thought was terrifying for someone who comes from the history he does. Son to an openly bisexual mother, great-grandson to Ulrich, a general during World War I, and great-great-grandson to Hinrich, a famous sea captain and nautical examiner who also made his home right here. Times were different back then. Those were the whaling days, and he'd grown up on the stories the hard life at sea, hunting whales for the resources they could provide. It was a nasty, dangerous business. When you finally killed one of those animals, that was easily as big as your ship, you then had to go about butchering the thing, at sea. And the smells. He wrinkled up his nose. He could only imagine. But he had heard the stench from the melting pots that boiled fat over open flames, and the decks of ships in the middle of the ocean would permeate into your skin and stay with you. It was no wonder that upon arriving to their final destination, a place greedy for the resources that these seafarers had, they took to a strong drink, after a strong shower, to settle the nerves after a long journey, and started on a new journey of numbing pleasantness. Then, with pockets loaded down with coin, and having sucked the energy of a place once fully alive, young, and brimming with possibility and hope for the world, they would ship out once more for home, and settle in for the cold winter months, which were too dangerous to be navigating the winter seas. In addition to their coin, they brought back with them a drink and traipsed halfway around the world, spreading bits of this delight with them wherever they went. It was the classic dissemination of ideas and culture, the moving of something good from one place to another. This was before the internet, before you could snap a photo and share it with all nethers of the earth in an instant. This was slow progress, arising over decades, that ended in this one postal code country embracing a fad which became a tradition which became a heritage. With nothing to do during the cold months, but relying on each other to survive, they did just that. The young men, full of energy, tamped down by the weather, needed an outlet, a way to move, to socialize, to stretch their muscles and smile a little, and maybe have some fun along the way too. This created another fad, which became another tradition, which became another heritage, complete with that same cocktail of three equal parts. Not exactly as it was made in New York, but stripped down to the essence, like the country these people lived. It was with this heritage that Hans finally arrived at a closed door, with warm light and loud voices coming from the other side. He stood on the stoop for a moment, looked left, looked right. No one else was around. And why should they be? It was winter and after dark. This was an exclusive gathering, and he was late. He feared the consequences, 
but there was nothing to do but face the music. So, with a sigh, and after a loud rap down the door, he turned the knob and walked through. The light was bright and he squinted. All eyes turned to him. The place erupted with noise. A stampede of bodies moving toward him. Claps on the back, jostles, and threats. Threats for being late. Hans hung his head glumly, knowing what was to come next. He took the well-used cocktail glass handed to him and stared into the light brown drink. He knew its contents by heart. It had made its way from New York, 3,722 miles away to this island off the coast of Germany. In unison, the room raised their glasses, which all contained the same drink, the national drink of this tiny little one-postal code country called Führer. One part sweet vermouth, one part dry vermouth, one part whiskey, no bitters, no cherries, a stripped-down, economical, and very fitting version of the Manhattan, the drink that traveled across an ocean in the mines and bellies of whalers, who had turned into business owners in New York in the late 1800s, where it found a passionate home among a few residents and the regular happenings of Walujanken, a gathering of men under the age of 30 during the winter months that celebrates the times and centuries past when whalers home for the winter would also gather just like this and throw back Manhattans. Anyway, I'll drink to that. This has been a Booze and Sam's production. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If so, please share it. Also, connect with us online at boozeandsams.com. That's B-O-O-Z-N-S-A-M-S, boozeandsams.com. And subscribe now to the podcast to be updated when new episodes are released. As a final aside, it should be noted that the internet is a place of conflicting stories and facts. I try hard to tell as accurate a tale as possible. But you may have heard or read something about a person, event, or thing different than the way I tell it. That doesn't make me wrong. After all, I'm just sipping a cocktail, telling you a story. Just chatting like we're old friends at a bar looking to pass time and learn something new. Let's just cheers to that and enjoy a drink together.